0: I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I mean, I, I forgot about it for, for 20 years, like, until until just recently almost. I, I just went through my teenage years in complete dissociation. I was numb and I, I just didn't care for anything. I was, I had my first suicidal attempt on a protein
1: because I know, like I said, I was numb to it. I blamed myself. Mm. I was like, mm. had no empathy for myself at all. <laughs> You'll definitely have got this. But when people go, yeah. I know my thing isn't as bad as your thing. Or oh, yes. they'll say something like, oh, yeah. I know yeah. my, uh, it's not, like, it's, don't say that. Yeah. Don't put yeah. your own shit down, yeah. man. I, I
0: know that I had to do something about it. I know that I had to speak about it because I had such a hard time, and I almost like the silence almost killed me. And I, yeah. I know that there's so many young men, old men, whatever out there suffering from this exact silence. No matter mm-hmm. where you
1: are in your life, if you don't speak mm-hmm. up about it, it's kind of like they have you have you on this long chain, and the long like you stay on that chain until you do speak out and. Mm-hmm. And when you're yes. off there, you discover so much about the world. Yes. You discover so much about life and and yourself. But welcome to the podcast, Antares. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you are the first guest to be in the studio with yes. me. Um, so we're all kitted out now. We actually look professional, you know. So, um, yeah, it's great to have you here. And, um, you know, I come across your page because obviously my page is very similar to yours. And yes, I can't remember exactly how I came across it, but um, I was like, oh my God, this guy's story is so much similar to mine. Like similarities are crazy and I was watching a few episodes last night and I was like, just some of the things you say, I'm like, oh my God, that is like (laughs) me, that is completely like me and I relate to you a lot. Um, So we're going to get into your story a bit later on and stuff like that, but um, I'm going to start off on my podcast now with a bit of a weird question Um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. You can take your time to answer it. All right. But have you ever been to like Build a Bear workshop, or have you heard of Build a Bear workshop? Yeah, I know Build a Bear. Yes. Right. So there, yeah. yeah, there you get to choose like phrases you put into a teddy bear. Yeah, and yeah. and it's not just that like other teddy bears have it as well. You know where you press on the chest and they have yeah. free phrases. Right. Usually it's free, only free. So yeah. if you was a teddy bear, Antares, yeah. you was a teddy bear, and you had free phrases, you'd yes. only say right. What would them free phrases be? Not to put you on the spot, but
0: <laughs> Damn, that's a really good question. I like that. Um, so my my first would be like, um, like trust yourself. I would say like trust your intuition, trust yourself, never doubt yourself for what like for what you feel. Like you don't yep. need. Yeah,
1: that that's clear, a good one.
0: Clear images to trust yourself. Um, second one would be it's not your fault, but your responsibility now mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. deal with everything.
1: And the last one would be, that's hard. So I, I was like, do I tell him before? But I think it's good because, yeah. you know, it gets, no, if I good. ask it you on spot, it's like yeah. you get to know your like sort of moral, your, you know what I mean? Straight away, you get to know that. So yeah. I thought, oh my God, it, it might work out as a really good question. So
0: yeah. um, give more than you take would be my last one
1: hmm okay yeah. yeah yeah i would say yeah. so yes they're good ones yeah they're good <laughs> ones yeah yeah i'm surprised there are no sort of crazy ones in there like that but yeah they're, they're really good and do, do I, you I have like... this your own sorry
0: oh, do man. you have your own putting me on the spot
1: now am i getting any... <laughs> it? your podcast do you want to have this podcast <laughs> um yeah what would mine be ryan come on man um just one just one okay just one yeah. i can only say one thing ever um Hmm. What would mine be? I think always look for light. Always look for light is my thing, you know, in every single, you know, always looking for light. That's what you've got to be in life because Mm. you can surround yourself by everything that's going off, whether, you know, Mm. it's good, crazy, you know, and if you get too caught up in that, you're not looking for the positives. That's just going to affect who you are. You know what I mean? That's going to affect your whole outlook on life. So yeah. Always look for light is mine. One of yours that I found really interesting is that it's not your fault but it's your responsibility yeah Yeah. that's a good that's a good one that is really good and i can from your story i can sort of take away exactly what you mean by that like people who don't deal with this yes hurt others usually that yes it is so common so yeah yeah, i mean like that is such a great yeah a great way to look at it it's your responsibility to deal with this because you don't want to go through life hurting other people and, you yeah. know i've heard you speak on other podcasts about you know play, like places you've been mm. which we'll, like i say we'll go into in a minute mm. uh, where you've gone on to mm. hurt others and stuff like that not mm. obviously in such an extreme mm. way mm. um but yeah i've done the same i've noticed in my life i've dra- drugged other people down you know what i mean i've dragged them down and um and yeah it can be such uh, a big part of healing if you if you don't sort of take responsibility for it yeah. like i say it can it can cause so many troubles so Jumping into your story, Um, so just so for the viewers who don't know you, who don't know your story, don't Mm -hmm. know about your page, you want to just give a brief sort of outline of your story, what you're doing and, and, and stuff like that.
0: So I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I write a lot about it. I speak a lot about it because I had a hard time believing myself. Um, I was in therapy for almost two years before I even uncovered my own abusive past although I knew my father was an abuser I know he I knew he did it to other people and I had dreams I had like clear hints but I never looked this way so because I'm a man and even my therapist had a hard time believing it because I'm a man because we we don't see the man and then I searched online for like people like you and, and stuff like that and i i had a hard time finding similar voices to mine and therefore i was just like i need to be someone i needed when i was younger like when that i was is exact
1: like, you know it's funny that yeah. you say that because i did the exact same thing Yeah, i yeah. was stuck in abuse when i think i was about 13 14 when i started yeah. doing this i used to sneak yeah. to the library. And I used yeah. to search up male sexual abuse survivors. Yeah. I went to the library because uh, yeah. my abuser, i like knew all about Wi Fi, and he could see what mm. I was searching and stuff. Mm. Really controlling guy. Mm. So I'd literally go to the library just to search that. Couldn't find much at all. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. I needed it to be a young guy. I don't know if you needed yeah. this as well. I needed yeah. it to be someone yeah. like who's a teenager. Yeah. Who, you know, because when you're at school, when you're at college, uni, whatever it is, you're surrounded by guys, and there's mm. you know there's that bravado. There's, um that what you're expected to be as a man and it it can be scary to come to terms with what has happened when you're surrounded by that and you're meant to be this strong person who doesn't talk about the feelings. And yeah, like you say, I just wanted to find someone who had also been through that. And so I can completely relate to that. Like it it can get really tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why I started it. That's why I started writing about it. And then I, I got some, some messages from people who were just like, damn that's really good that you're doing this and I, I was just like okay just writing in a blog like in, in, a, in a safe space isn't enough and then I started showing my face for all those people all those faceless people and then I connected with other people like you and, and, and everything and trying to make this bigger
1: show yeah. my face how did you feel when you decided you wanted to like show your face on there because I know it was really tough for me to oh, come out it. and speak about it, like full on, on a, cause I, you know what I did? I, I just uploaded a video of me telling my whole story. I put mm. it on my Facebook where all my school friends were on like mm. my family. I just put it mm. out there and I was like, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to do that. And um, so I didn't kind of have that build up like you did. I can imagine by posting those little posts we're writing on and stuff. And then you get to that point where you're like, oh, right, I'm going to show my face. I bet it can be, yeah. it, it was a little bit daunting to do that. So yeah, yeah how was that?
0: Uh, I was shaking my whole body was shaking because when you grow up in such a narcissistic and abusive environment you learn that telling your truth basically means like you get killed and yeah. I had I was afraid that my father would step through the store and kill me just like straight up stab me in my sleep or something and I I needed like weeks or months to to do this to show my face to put like a face of mine onto my onto my blog and everything and then just like going over to instagram i just started with quotes and everything and it wasn't just working because my story needed my face and i was just sitting there and i was just all right so i could just be crippled by fear right now and wait for years but then i in, in five years i look back onto this time and it'd be like have you done like the cost of inactivity is so freaking high i can't get back the time you know and i i I would just i would hate myself for not doing it
1: well like thank you so much for doing it to be honest like like i said well we were both like looking for Mm. who we are what what we're doing so you know we we have this mutual understanding and i don't know you but i have this Mm. mutual understanding of some of the things that you describe and Mm. um, it's why i had to get you on here like we just share so much in common like the whole yeah. fearing for your life and stuff like that No, yeah. well, even when i got out of abuse i was feeling i was fearing for my life because yeah. my abuser was staying in a hotel in the town that i went to college in and it's like yeah. I, and he'd always told me as i got older if mm. you tell anyone i'll kill you i'll kill i'll kill your mm. mom i'll hurt your sister mm. said all these things and um and yeah it really gets to you so again <laughs> i can completely relate to that um so yeah, so going into your story, I know that you struggle with—is it dissociative amnesia? I'm guessing. It,
0: yes
1: yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, um, see, I I struggle with dissociative depersonalization. So mm-hmm. it's similar, mm-hmm. it's it's in the same bracket. It's um, dissociative um depersonalization is um it's it's sort of you forget a lot of things and, and it's about mm. you know how you feel and stuff like that. I'm sure many survivors out there have experienced it as well. Yeah. Um so I'm not going to ask you like your experience because I know that you can't remember that. Um mm. but could you talk to me a little bit about when you started to you know have flashbacks or when, when these things started to come to mind when you mm. thought that this could have happened. What what started to happen?
0: So I had this weird dream I was lying in bed, I was sleeping, and all of a sudden I had the feeling that like someone would grab my shoulder, and turn me around and abuse me. And I was so scared of that dream because it, it didn't feel like a dream. I, and like, I really felt that grip on my shoulder. And I talked in therapy about it and my my therapist was also really concerned and and I could see it in her eyes and I was just like what's wrong like what what is this what does it mean I was like I didn't know what was going on and she believed it before I did and I needed a long time until I, I accepted that I always said this could be true but I believed it to like 95%, but I always had like this but, like what if? And yeah, but it all started with a, with a dream and, and, I, and like my whole body was shaking in therapy when I talked about it and it was just like yeah. surreal, it was different. It was realer than everything else I've ever experienced because as a, uh, abuse survivors, we, we have a hard time feeling at least something or like feeling mm-hmm. the body. and all of a sudden my whole body was shaking and wow. reacting to this. sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like from your, you know, you didn't have a memory of it. So dreaming mm. of that when you haven't sort of you, you've experienced it, but you, ha- you don't think mm. you've experienced it. I can imagine that mm. is quite shocking. And mm. um, like with your saying about being numb and stuff like that, um, mm. certain things as a survivor, like I, I can relate to that as well. Like, but even when I think of my own experiences, um, mm. You know there's there's not a lot of feelings there I don't know if, if you're the mm-hmm. same I know the dreams cause some traumatization but when you settled into that what were your feelings about what actually happened to you did you blame yourself were there shame there guilt things like that because I know like I said I was numb to it I blamed myself mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. had no empathy for myself at all mm-hmm. like yeah um so yeah what what was your experience like with that did you feel sort of guilt and stuff like that and, and shame?
0: yeah I felt a lot of guilt I felt a lot of shame I always felt like it was my fault like I did something wrong and therefore I got abused to this day I'm I, I'm afraid to do make errors you know like even in, in like work areas or something I, it's hard for me to admit errors because I feel like I get abused again for making errors and and, and I'm, I'm afraid of punishment and
1: everything so like that sort and, of people-pleasing type thing. Yeah,
0: people-pleasing, a lot of people-pleasing. So just doing everything so this doesn't happen again. Oh. Uh, and it is just, whenever I think about it, it's not me. It's always I'm looking at myself in that moment, you know? It, I I don't really identify with that person. Yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm the, the same. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, yeah, you leave yeah. your body and you look at the scene and yes it, it yes is, yes
1: yeah. it's like your brain's so way. i read that um yeah. depersonalization that's what it is uh seeing yeah. yourself from another perspective yeah. depersonalization yeah. uh it, it can happen from you know your current reality your current consciousness you can have depersonalization like that but also from pre-existing memories like you can mm-hmm. you know you can completely detach from the memories and yeah. it's your brain's way of just protecting itself or yeah. you know sometimes i don't know if you're like this but i'm like i want to fucking feel something i want to yeah. feel just yeah. i want to feel sad i want to be i want to yeah. feel depressed can i just fucking yeah. like can i just yeah. feel something please yeah. and like yes. and like people oh, think no, i'm so. weird and stuff because like even when i heard about my abusers death like when i first heard it i was like okay
0: all right yeah, yeah. and then they yeah, were like, nothing. like nothing.
1: yeah but then a you like uh mi- like not minutes but moments mm. later i was like upset and in tears and mm. stuff so mm. sometimes it does hit but um yeah, it's just weird. Uh, it's just that urge to feel something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And it's, I guess part of that is just, you know, you just gotta try and connect with the person you are. Like you can become this sort of blank, spl- uh, like blank slate kind of, and you don't really, I've gone through stages where I'm like, who am I? Mm-hmm. So when I got out of the abuse, I was like in this sort of mode of, uh, I left my job, I quit college. Um, I stayed in all the time. I, I ended up like starving myself. I didn't want to eat, and that was kind of like a bit of su- suicidal in there still. Um, and and yeah, I went through this stage of punishing myself. Did you did you sort of go through a stage like after you you know came to terms with what had happened?
0: I I've always in a way punished myself. I'm really harsh on myself. I expect a lot of, of from myself, and I always like try to to hold everything together you know i always try to be perfect in a way and if i'm not like something doesn't fit this image i have of myself i i tend to be harder on myself like you go have to go harder like do 10 more push-ups because you're strong and and there's like
1: really destructive oh my god yeah (laughs) that when you said that then oh my god that is me man it's like i've started running and stuff Mm. and um and sometimes I put myself through it, man. I'll mm. put myself through mm. it because, yeah. you know, it, it, again, it's going back to that wanting to feel something, but also yeah. it's like, I ain't weak. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. that's what I tell them. I've literally, yeah. when I've been like finishing a half marathon, I'm like, am I a quitter? Mm. Am I a quitter? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, yeah. something like, that's yeah. what I tell. That's my inner dialogue while I'm doing this. And mm. It's kind of like, you feel like you need to prove you like masculinity mm-hmm. in a way because yeah. you've been so emasculated by your experience. Yeah. Yes. Um, And yeah that can take such a toll like i started doing jujitsu and mma and stuff like that Mm. so i wanted to feel like a man yeah you know i wanted to feel strong yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. i thought oh this is the way of doing it when it's not the way it's not the way of doing it you don't you don't have to be strong Mm yeah i mean Uh, in on exterior wise obviously yeah yeah. you know um and it's just that male image in society in it and that's what we're playing up to and that is one of the reasons why we feel we have to be like that and yeah. um and it's quite sad really that um that's how it is and it's one of the reasons why you know male suicide rates are so high i know that you speak about that a lot and um, we both had experience with near suicide uh, which are quite similar again um so could you speak a little bit about that like um my suicide story was it was even um it was before i even got out of abuse i had written suicide letters really like mm-hmm. I was like, this is the time, like um, I would prepared for it. And mm. I'd, I, it was like, I prepared for it three days before. I was, mm. I knew what was going to be the day. And uh, and so I like locked myself in the bathroom. I'd made a little makeshift blade thing and I was going to end it in there. But uh, my girlfriend called me at the last moment. Um, so I was saved that way. So uh, would you be all right to share sort of um, your, your story with uh, suicide?
0: Yes, of course, Um, so it began as, like, how can I say it, it it was something like a safe haven for me, like, I I felt like when I don't get this exam, I can just kill myself, you know, it was just a a way to to evade responsibility and shame and guilt, and I was just, I was just using this as a plan B, you know, Mm. And for, for for a sick reason this gave me like stability but it didn't take much time until plan B became Plan A and I just I didn't leave a note or anything I I, I didn't even kiss my girlfriend at that time goodbye. I just I just left I said I would leave for work and yeah I I picked out the building weeks before I would say yeah weeks before and I just, get up there and I was I was ready to jump I was I was literally on the edge like one step away from destroying myself wow. and it was just I don't know I didn't care for anything I didn't care for myself I had no no responsibility nothing that hold me here in this world mm-hmm. but I'm afraid of heights yeah. and this fear made me feel something and I was just like what the fuck are you doing here man and I turned around I got into the next clinic and I was just like I just try to kill myself I have a knife in my backpack like can you please get out but like so clinical like there was there was now no emotion behind it like like visibly mm-hmm. and and the the, the the woman behind the shelter she was like all right wait here I will get someone and I was just like yeah. okay and I was just like standing there and then like doctors came and I was just like yeah I just try to kill myself like but actually I don't want to so
1: yeah it's, yeah. I it's mean, surreal yeah yeah and i always describe it like you're in this sort of corner this or this bubble um mm-hmm. you know you can't think out of your current like thoughts you can't think externally to, to mm-hmm. the thoughts you're having in that moment that's what it was like for me like mm-hmm. it was everything that was bad that was surrounding me and none of the actual logical options were even mm-hmm. in my mind uh, it was yeah. ne- there was never a, a thought of um speaking out about it or or even getting help in that moment and then something yeah. just seems to click yeah yeah i mean it's like an instant click and you think i don't want to fucking die i don't want to die yeah I yeah, like <laughs> yeah like i love living that's what i was thinking yeah. i just don't like the situation i'm in and that, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it was i was like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna let this be it for me as well i'm not gonna let me be another statistic mm-hmm. part of my story is that my abuser abused another lad Mm -hmm. and that guy actually ended his own life um so it was like he's gonna take my life as well Mm. no that's not happening and i knew that he probably would have gone on to abuse others so Mm. you know when i came sort of out of that bubble or out of that corner it was kind of like i can't one i can't let this happen to anyone else and Mm. um yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna win this and yeah one of the things that I found really interesting in one of the podcasts that I saw you in was you were speaking about, you always sort of had hope that you would see the good side in your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's what I stuck to. I was always hoping that he would be a good guy and that he had good mm-hmm. in him. And mm-hmm. you know, what that is one of the things that kept me from speaking up. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt sorry for him in a little way. He told me that he was sexually abused. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll be the dad that I've always wanted him to be. And mm. and that's what I held on to. Would you say, is that what kept you sort of there, you in, know, in some ways kept you from, you know, being open about what you, what you thought you'd experienced?
0: Yeah. 100%. Like there's always, and I think there will always be a part of me. That's like a childish part of me that like, loves his father, his own father, and he wants the love of, of, of his father. I mean, other parts of me get sick by, by thinking about this, but it's it's just the reality. We, we all are just kind of like different parts, and we all will always be the kid that like, needed his father and his mother for survival. And you don't want to like see <laughs> such a bad thing in your father. You, you you, you, you forget that so you, you can survive because as a kid you, you cannot survive without your parents you, you cannot like provide for your own life and you can't think about something like oh yeah well I could just find another family or I could yeah. get, go to the family shelter no I was like four years old so yeah. I, I just denied that fact and this part is still alive somewhere in me neglecting this fact that his father is an abuser and he just wants to be loved and yeah. he just wants to be protected and and yeah and it was really hard and i mean narcissistic people always try to create an image it's not that true self but it's the image and my father was really good at projecting an image about a good guy and he was always like I changed, I get, get uh, I was in therapy for 10 years, he meditated daily, and sometimes I ask myself, can he really be that bad? I mean, he had been in therapy for 10 years, he meditates daily, I meditate daily, and like you, you can't be such a bad person when you when you do this, but you can. Yeah. And and I I forgot about this. And then sometimes I I don't I don't yeah, accept the fact what kind of bad person he is.
1: And I mean like it can literally be anyone. Yes. Like who does this. It it's it's nothing to do with how a person acts or anything like that. It is literally just um is it's a little secret they have. It's a little obsession or I don't know what you'd call it, some sick sort of mm. you know, thing. It, it, it it's nothing to do with, like I say, how they look, how they mm. act, the things they do. Like, my abuser, he was, like, the center of the community guy. He was uh, a church leader. He Mm. was, like, he ran children's groups, you know. Everyone knew him as this guy that, you know, is this fun, loving, center of the party, amazing guy. Yeah. And we have this, you know, from films and other things like that, like some creepy loner who lives on the end of the street. And you walk past his house, you have to run past and stuff like that. No, oh. it's, it's the, it's the parents of them kids who are scared of that guy, you know, mm. who, who, yeah. cause like with me, I didn't from, so I, my sexual abuse started when I was eight and I didn't understand that it was sexual abuse till I was about 11, 12, 13, mm. around that age. I can't remember exactly when it was cause it was so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came to that realization way after, like, I just thought this was what dads did in my case. I, I was like, mm-hmm he said to me this is what dads do this is what dads are supposed to do and my biological dad um wasn't around so i was like oh must be and it didn't hurt it wasn't uncomfortable it was just a bit like this is different Mm -hmm. um and so when i came to that realization of oh my god what has happened to me similar to how you came to the realization through dreams and stuff like i I Mm -hmm. just came to know what abuse was and what abuse Mm -hmm. is and and it's probably similar sort of trauma because i'm like Oh my God, I've been taken complete advantage of. I've been used, you know, he doesn't love me. And, you know, mm. that's when them thoughts started and I went into that depression. Um, And so, yeah, it's like um, these these people, are, are, it, it's sad to say, it, but they're good at what they do. They're good at covering mm. this up yes. and um, they'll manipulate the child to believe whatever. I know in your case, it's a little different, but, you know, these people will manipulate the child and, make the child believe that what is happening is all right or they'll put mm-hmm. the fear of god into the mm-hmm. child
0: 100 mm-hmm. yes
1: and and either way it works for him so and like as a society we promote we well not promote but it is known that children are they're supposed to follow the adult you know they're supposed mm. to follow the adult that's what we're yes. teaching education like yeah every lesson i learned from my school was that you know you just follow what an adult tells you, that's it. Like yeah. no yeah. matter what situation it yeah. is. And I, even my experience at school, right? I saw teachers uh, like shout at children and stuff and then get get it wrong, but then still not mm. admit that there was wrong. Mm. So that yes. just, and yes. it's not manipulates, but it teaches a child that yeah, that's just how the world works. Adults are in yeah. charge no matter what, whether they're right or wrong. And I always, yes. I think that education needs to be done so much differently. And yeah. it just, yeah, it winds me up. I don't know how it is over there. Um, but over Ooh. here like changes really do need to be made
0: yeah yeah the authority is so strong like you, you don't you don't speak up because they don't want to deal with you speaking up
1: And yeah, that's it uh, yeah
0: yeah
1: um so sort of to get a timeline i'm i'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that i haven't you know give you a uh, time to sort of give a a full timeline mm. of, of how things went down. So just get yeah. an idea of the timeline that, um, everything happened, Like what age, everything started went out mm. and then the sort of age you, you said, Oh, I'm going to speak up about this. So just to run me through that timeline, how, how did that go?
0: So I, I was abused when I was between four and eight, I think I'm, I'm not sure. It, it must've been somewhere in that, in that time. Um, my father must have stopped at, at a given time um, because I, I could forget about all of it. So he, he didn't stop because I was saying he should stop. And just like with you, I, I I didn't know that something was wrong with that until like years later. And I mean, I, I forgot about it for, for 20 years, like until, until just recently almost, and, I, I just went through my teenage years in complete dissociation I was numb and I, I just didn't care for anything I was I had my first suicidal attempt on was and wow. I, I didn't even know why it was just like always like that I didn't feel anything I didn't feel much in my life and I, I, I didn't care for anyone or anything especially not for me and yeah, then in my my young adult years, it became like really, really bad. Like I became really narcissistic. I became bad for other people. And, and this is when I would, <laughs> basically became a problem for other people because I refused to heal. I refused to take responsibility for my own actions. I always blamed my parents because like they fucked me up, you know, and, and like they, they did everything wrong. And yeah, and then it was just like, until three years ago, two years ago, um, that I, I, I made the decision to heal and to not be a problem of others anymore. Like after my suicide attempt, it still was a problem for other people. And then I, I was just like, okay, you, you go into therapy, you cannot be a problem for others anymore. In, in therapy, I grew more into the person I am today and I grew more confident with myself and being myself I discovered who I am actually and I I stopped playing a role and as I grow more and more confident I I I allowed this vulnerability for myself and then after I discovered my own abuse I was I I, I needed I I need to I, I know that I had to do something about it I know that I had to speak about it because I had such a hard time and I almost like the silence almost killed me. And I, I know that there's so many young men, old men, whatever out there suffering from this exact silence.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like they have you on this chain, you know, the abuser, no Mm -hmm. matter where you are in your life, if you don't speak Mm -hmm. up about it, it's kind of like they have you have you on this long chain and the long like you stay on that chain until you do speak out. And mm. and when you're yes. off there, you discover so much about the world. Yes. You discover so much about life and, and yourself, more importantly, like, you mm. just... When I spoke out, like, it was like the lightness, you know, coming back into my life. And yes. um it's just, you, you drop the weight, I feel. You do drop that weight of um, this hidden sort of baggage, you know? Yeah. Um Because it, it's true that if... If you're not, if you if you keep it in and you just walk around your life going to mates and stuff, it kind of is always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt like this, but I always felt like it was kind of in the back of my head, always, like in every single situation. Like, and I was yeah. kind of fearful that people would find yeah. out. And, and yes. when I was younger, I was fearful people would find out. Yeah. Um, and that that was one of the things that kept me from speaking up. And even later on, uh, it was such a big fear for me. And when you take control of that and you say, you know, well, I'm going to tell it anyway. I'm not going to let them find out. It's just going to come from me. Yeah. And you take, you take, you, you, what people say, you own your story. Mm. That that is owning your story.
0: Yeah. And you, you stop being um, like, it is his secret, not yours, you know? And when you always keep it as, as your secret and always try to protect that you're always as you said afraid of people finding out and once you get comfortable with this you get more comfortable with yourself with your own true self i mean it's part of your story and if you i mean you when you when you are depressed you are in need of like deep rest you know like in the meaning of word and and like i was so depressed and i was in big need of deep rest from playing a role playing character, which I'm not. I always played the strong man who wasn't abused, but that's not yeah. me. And it's exhausting to be not me 24 yeah, yeah.
1: seven. Yeah. And complete, you're always yeah. afraid. Yeah. Always and when you, when you show, vom- I think there's nothing more that shows strength than vulnerability yeah, like, and security within 100%. oneself. Like yes. vulnerability. When, when someone is vulnerable with me, I'm like, yeah, I know that they're a strong person. Yes. When I see someone's fake bravado, alpha male bullshit, I'm like, you're insecure, man. You're insecure and and I feel bad for you and I hope one day that you can come to terms with the real person you are because, you know, maybe there are some guys out there that are just heroes and, you know, Mm. are these brave souls who nothing affects their emotions or anything like that. Maybe there is, but uh, most of the time, you know, we have feelings, everyone has feelings, and some people are just better at hiding them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, w- once you start being vulnerable and start dealing with those things, you can live a happier, lighter, str- more stress-free, obviously, life. And and what are some of the tools that helped you sort of get to a place of um, being a- able to be vulnerable? And not just that, but also a place where you can start to enjoy life and, you know, deal mm. with... With what has happened to you what were the things that the tools that helped you
0: like the first tool i've ever chosen was this this is my this my journal oh wow from 2019 i have even older ones but these are the, the ones i'm using right now
1: can and i just things... say i've never written that much in my life
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> not was...
1: even in school <laughs> yeah
0: yes my my teachers always used to tell me whatever you do never do anything with writing you suck at writing basically day to day and i now i'm writing these books so don't believe what teachers are telling you um but um don't believe what teachers are telling you it's a good message <laughs> yes, yes 100% um so this was like the first person i've ever spoke to was my journal uh yep. i expressed myself in here before i could express myself before anyone like just imagine it who who can you call at 3am expressing your deepest fears and concerns without feeling ashamed or being afraid of of judgment you know it's only it's only this book for me you know I can always it's the best listener it never goes away and never will marry my my girlfriend or something or ditch me whatever Uh, it's just there and this was the first important tool it it, it showed me that I can change something in my life because I, I haven't written and then i changed writing and every, kind of the stone gets rolling from there and i i started mm-hmm. meditating to to um, be more grounded be more in the in the, in the moment because this is dissociation does with you and, and then abuse you. you you always get thrown into the past yeah like your 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 head is somewhere else it's not here and you can always come back to your breath and it's just like you know past is past Future is future. Just like be here right now, and then yeah, therapy, seeking professional help. It Mm -hmm, is, it's incredible. And I know in the UK and in Europe, especially, it's it's for free. I mean, it's it's amazing. I know for American people out there, it's it's way harder to get something like that. But especially when you are in Europe, take this advantage. Honestly, even if you if you haven't experienced sexual childhood abuse the world would be a better place if everyone would go to therapy it's
1: just it well everyone has their own thing going on and Mm. i think people don't don't sympathize with that enough like yeah (laughs) you'll definitely have got this but when people go I know my thing isn't as bad as your thing or oh, yes. say something like, oh, yeah. I know yeah. my, uh, it's not like, it's, don't say that. Yeah. Don't put yeah. your own shit down, yeah. man. Y- yeah. You carry your own stuff and you've been yeah. through stuff too. I'm never going to yes. disregard that. What? Because mine's no. worse. Mm. Like your experience is your experience. Your life is, yeah. is your life. And I heard you say on another podcast, like, um, people, uh, like, well, you felt that, um, you wasn't in such a bad situation because there are kids starving in africa yeah yeah yeah, we can always like look at the others you know we can always say they've had worse they've had worse and this could go on forever like yes there's someone out there who in the view of the world has been through the worst shit ever (laughs) (laughs) Well, i bet they don't walk around going like oh my problems are worse than yours you know because it's an individual experience life is just an individual experience and yes it's our you know our experiences are our reality so yeah yeah, i really liked what you said about that it was um yeah it made, made me think and
0: yeah
1: uh, and like i said like if you are out there you're listening and you know someone who's being abused or you you know if you even if you've never had any experience with abuse or anything like that don't disregard your own feelings because others have been through worse that's so dangerous yeah. and yes you're just going to lead yourself down a dark hole, get yeah. therapy or get yeah. help and never be ashamed of that. Like, even if you live in a mansion and you're feeling depressed, like honestly, don't just live in that. Make yourself yeah. better.
0: No. Plus, I was, actually, someone yeah. told
1: me a really good yeah. analogy today. It was my coach, my running coach.
0: Yeah.
1: And he said to me, if you have an orange and you squeeze it, what comes out? Mm. Orange juice, right? Yeah. And lemon, lemon juice or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and he said, so if you're filled up with all these negative feelings and you're never thinking anything good, what are you expelling? You're just expelling negativity and and yeah. like that. yeah. that's what you're giving out because that's what's within Ooh. you. If you're yeah. filled with all this discomfort and hurt and everything like that, but you never want to deal with it because you're scared of what people are going to think. And I'm speaking to, you know, those, like I said, who haven't experienced abuse and feel like their problems aren't regarded as important. And also to people who have been abused and are mm. scared to speak up. And or whatever it is, um, everything that you're expelling then is negativity. And it goes back to what we were speaking about in the beginning with you and what you were saying about the importance of taking responsibility of your story. And I think I'm actually going to call this episode, take responsibility of your story because you know, that's what we've basically over, you know, gone over today. So yeah, it's so important take responsibility of your experiences and, um, and yeah, and swap it out for good that's what that's what we're trying to do really we're trying to um take a bad experience or you know a negative thing and and change it for positive and positive change in the world so yeah and we're both on the same road we're both on the same road so it's been really good speaking with you and um yeah with the journaling stuff and that I've never, tr- well, I've I've tried journaling, but it lasted about three weeks and I'm not very, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not a very disciplined person, right? I'm not yeah. very disciplined at all, like, I'll pick some up and then I'll quit like a few weeks yeah. later. That's, just, that's yeah. just how I am. Uh, and so like last, I'll keep it as the last question, but what keeps you so disciplined to do it? I know it helps and stuff, which is obviously gonna be one of the reasons, mm. but what helps you keep, I guess, um, yeah, It keeps you accountable to do it. What? Yeah, is that?
0: Um, so there are a few lessons I've learned in my life because I I was really not um, a disciplined person for all of my life, basically. And it's that willpower is like a muscle. Like you can't expect willpower to be always around for you. No, it's like one one day it will fatigue, and if you don't expect that, then you will feel like a failure and and just like not be like prepare yourself to fail like prepare yourself to slip and to fall and make sure you have a backup plan to stand up again so you you don't feel like a failure you you don't let this become a failure and so yeah i some someday i slip but i always make sure i don't never miss twice you know and um i don't expect Every day to be perfect, and I I expect to fall. Mm. And what helps me going are some basic rules. For example, I make it really hard to forget to journal. Like my journal is always, when I wake up in the morning, it just lies there on my desk. So I, yeah. make, I I can't avoid it. It's just like
1: drinking. Just staring at you like Yeah, it's just me. staring at me. It's like you should drinking. Put I have. Them, yeah. you should put some of them sticky googly eyes on it. You know yes, them little sticky yes. googly eyes on it. Yeah. And then just and then it's just watching you as you wake up yeah. like writing. Maybe I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, yeah. mate. It's been great speaking to you. Um you got great energy, a great I can see from you, you. you know, you're a great soul and you're doing great work. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably do another chat podcast project together in the future because you know yeah we're so we're so similar our stories are so similar our journeys are so similar um and yeah so just let everyone know where they can find you uh what you're gonna what you're doing on your on your page and stuff Mm. and yeah so
0: so yeah i am uh i'm writing on my blog senseofpain.com you can find me on my instagram the sense of pain and yeah I, on my blog I, I lately I speak a lot about journaling I'm actually working on uh, on a journaling guide so I can like teach everyone to journal with like an easy thing that you can actually stick to it just like takes yeah, yeah, a, minute, yeah. a day I'll take it know, I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> I know how hard it is to to start journaling and to to stick with it so I try to make it a, as easy as possible so um, that's my a big goal to make more people journal because it helped me so tremendously in my life amazing
1: amazing (laughs) right well i hope you have a good rest of your day and again thank thank you so much mate
0: thank you so much mate.